The Ringer's music critic Rob Harvilla curates and explores 60 iconic songs from the 90s that define the decade. Rob is joined by a variety of guests to break it all down as they turn back the clock. Check out 60 songs that explain the 90s exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink. And you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, applicable on large, big gulp only. Participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Previously on Recipe Club. I guess that that's, uh, makes Dave the winner again. Is Good that work, possible? Dave. Who, who won again? <laughs> Dave that. is the winner. Uh, staunch objections. I'm coming back. Staunch objections over here. Um, Okay, that brings us to the wheel of recipes. Currently on the wheel, we have biryani, crescent rolls, flatbread, hummus. Priya's so much, they're all pre-choices. Instant ramen. She has shaped this wheel. Instant ramen, spaghetti, Velveeta, homemade yogurt, okra, and eggplant, which is coming off the uh, wheel to be replaced by your choice. I think that this is something that everybody has. I'm going to add canned cream of mushroom soup. Holy oh, shit. That's a good one. Uh, all right. There it is. Cream of mushroom soup. Anybody want to hazard a prediction on where this lands? If it, the wheel is magical. I just don't want okra. I don't want okra because it's gross. <laughs> uh, here we go. Spinning it around. This no part okra, actually no okra, makes no me really nervous every time. On. Oh! <laughs> No! <laughs> no! You yes. spoke it into existence, man. It, it, there is a there is a, a moment where it's hanging on the precipice of homemade yogurt, Dude, but I it am, crossed over into uh, Dave Chang's favorite I ingredient. I don't know okra. what to do. Dave, I may have yeah. just saved your life, my friend, because I believe the next episode we have with Priya will actually have a, a guest club member in Dave's place. I think the Okra episode is going to be Priya and none other than Rachel Kong. Welcome to Recipe Club, everybody. Uh, this is Chris Ying filling in for our usual announcer, Dave Chang. We've got a very special episode today, a crossover episode, like one of those sitcoms where George Clooney shows up on Friends. We have two universes colliding. Our two guests today on this edition of Recipe Club are Recipe Club uh, members in their own right, but have not recorded together, Priya Krishna and Rachel Kong. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> is this uh this is weird when was the last time when was the last time the three of us were in a room together before the pandemic it's been a long time since we've all hung out yeah well chris you didn't attend any of my cookbook launch events oh, whereas shit. rachel rachel oh, attended shit. and hosted oh, them Priya came so. locked and loaded with this one unbelievable oh, wow. unbelievable <laughs> Uh, it has been a long time. We have the three of us have have had a couple of opportunities to chat during this uh, never ending hellscape. But uh, it's nice that we we all know each other for listeners out there from our lucky peach days when when all three of us worked for that magazine and um, spent a lot of time in one another's presence. 
I don't think I can't remember the last time we shared a meal though. And, and it, there was, there was a part of me that was very, very happy to know that even though we're all in separate pockets of the world, we were all cooking and eating the same thing this week. <laughs> and we were all in the same time zone. And we were all in the same time yeah. zone because Priya, do you want to say where you are and what you're up to? Sure. Uh, I am currently in Los Angeles uh, doing the photo shoot for the cookbook I am co-authoring with Dave. Yeah. And uh, we, we we took this opportunity with Dave and Priya in the same city to kick Dave off the podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just record with Priya. Um, and uh, so this week's topic um, is from the we call I will call it the Priya wheel from Priya's episodes of Recipe <laughs> Club and, and Priya put this item on the wheel and then willed it into existence. Uh, this week's topic of discussion is okra. Okra, guys. I know Priya was very excited about okra from the go, from the jump. She's the one who wanted on there. I know, Rachel, you had a okra recipe locked and loaded and ready to go. Where are you on okra generally? Well, I think I'm I'm pretty positive about okra. I don't have any, I don't harbor any ill will toward that particular vegetable, nor any other vegetable, really. Like, I think I, I love many foods, and okra is, um, I, I've definitely had preparations where, like, the slime was very forward. I've done a few, like, very ill-advised um, okra pickles that just turned into, <laughs> like, jars of snot. Um <laughs> But I love okra. And, you know, when I lived in, in Gainesville, Florida, I actually grew it in my garden and I ate a lot of okra during those years. Um, they have really pretty flowers, actually. And I think my favorite way to make it back then was just to roast it. And then you could really get like the okra flavor. Um, I don't know. The slime was somewhat, somewhat diminished. I don't really mind slime as much as like a Dave uh -huh. Chang type, I guess. <laughs> Dave Chang type. Yeah, and those jars of slimy pickles were only a problem because you kept the next year actual jars of snot that you save. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah Priya yeah, and yeah. I both know you to be a we snot know. saver. Well, I'm a, I'm a snot connoisseur, and so the okra snot just wasn't as, you know, as high quality. I keep jars of farts uh, in my office, so... I'm a, I'm, I'm a walking jar of fart, so I don't need to have a separate, separate vessel can for I, it. Can I just tell a, a, I'm a walking jar of farts? Holy shit. Can I just, can I just tell really quickly a story of when, um, I went to the Bon Appetit offices when Priya was working there and, um, just, you know, it, it just so happened that Priya was out the day I had visited, but I was given a letter that was left for me by Priya. I was like, oh my God, this is so, so sweet. What a special gesture that Priya knew that I was coming by the <laughs> offices today. And she gave me this, this letter and I wonder what it says. And I, I opened it in the company of the people I was with. And um, it just had a card that said, I farted in this envelope, <laughs> Priya. And that was it. And that was my special, special present from Priya. I, I thought you were going to say Priya had just Xeroxed her butt for you. <laughs> If if Kanye Nast had a Xerox machine, I totally would have done that. Yeah, that's the kind of special greeting I was I was given. Um, so there are when you Google okra recipes, thirty five point four million results. I think that um, I would wager that thirty five point three million of those start with some introduction that says like most people don't like okra because of the sliminess or like if you don't like okra like this recipe will change your mind i don't <laughs> i think we gotta stop some, we gotta think of a new head note somebody everybody writing okra recipes come up with something else to say about okra priya you brought okra to the table you were excited about it you obviously have no qualms with like it's it's textural uh interestingness talk about okra in in your your life and 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 why you love it well i think okra like any vegetable is just about knowing how to cook it correctly um the okra that i grew up with was completely devoid of slime because of the way it had been cooked so i didn't associate okra with slime in fact okra in my house was like a special treat like if we had been great my mom would make us okra and so I think part of the reason I wanted to do it on Recipe Club is because when I was working as a contributing writer at Bon Appetit, many of my coworkers had sort of this ideological opposition to okra. So like there were no okra recipes coming out of that, out of that test kitchen. And it made me so, it made me so mad. 
just like the anti-okra lobby is so strong. And I think what upsets me most is that like, really, when I think about okra, it is the provenance of like black and brown communities. So like, I don't know, when when I think of people hating it, I think of it, it just seems like, I don't know, racist. it seems like a form of like, yeah, it seems like a form of racism. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel is like, the word you're looking for yeah. is racist. Chris, what do you think? Well, here's, you know what I love about okra is that I don't like okra at all. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, and what I mean by that is like, I, I'm just sort of like building on what Priya is talking about. I don't like it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not accustomed to its texture. It's not even like the slimy. It's not slimy to me. It's just kind of a slippery gooey texture as, as, long, as long you know when it gets like kind of more cooked it's just not something that i like i actively don't like it and that's why like i said i love it because i was thinking a lot about this guys i was thinking a lot about these like things that we don't like the ideas of like acquired tastes and, and things mm -hmm. you have to like learn to like if you don't like them from the get-go if, if if like unlike priya your mom didn't reward you with okra <laughs> like i uh, you have to learn to like things and i started thinking about flavors and textures that are unfamiliar to me like this one as like language right like you would never say necessarily that like you wouldn't say like french is a stupid language i hate french or like i hate russian it's just something i don't understand mm -hmm. and certain languages if you know them if you speak those languages will help you communicate with more people right like the the language of pizza is like you know you're gonna gonna open the door to talk to many 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 people but it's just i think of things like the slippery sliminess of okra as like a language i don't speak yet mm -hmm. and maybe if i don't have an interest in learning that language or something maybe that's that's just where i am but like i would never pass like a value judgment on what somebody else speaks and i think that like I've just started to think about stuff in that way where there's mm -hmm. value in every single language, like something beautiful has been written in every single mm -hmm. language, except for maybe like Esperanto, but like, <laughs> you, you know, like, so there's a reason to learn every language. We don't have time in our lives to learn every, to speak every single taste and flavor and language that's out there. But like, I just think that if you sit around, you're like, well, I speak pizza and burgers and that's the only thing I ever want to speak. Well, like mm -hmm. good on you. But like, that's a, that's a small world you're living in, you know? So that's where I am on okra, honestly. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the flavor, but I want to I want to get better at eating it. I mean, another thing about okra is I think we've been talking a lot about the slime aspect, but I think it's just such a weird and interesting vegetable. Like if I were to describe it to an alien, you know, like the outside <laughs> is a little bit like fuzzy or something. There's kind of this like peach fuzz to the outside mm -hmm. of an okra. And then there's that like structural outer jacket thing and it's kind of cool because it's a little geometric and like it's uh -huh. nice to have that like rigid crunch mm -hmm. when you like bite into it mm -hmm. and then the middle is like just like fucking mind-blowing it's like <laughs> that's where you get the slime that's where you get these like weird poppy seeds yeah you know it's just such a weird entity it's like very alien and strange and and kind of um yeah, like I think unlike any other vegetable that I can really think of, just like that combination of different textures and and yeah, it's it's very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> if you were if you were trying to describe okra to an alien, you'd be like, just look at your ears, and that's okra. You just eat those things. <laughs> um, so. Well, I, I, I did want to ask you guys one thing. So because like okra is okra is a thing for me. It is it is like a magically weird vegetable uh it's not like something i'm i speak fluently are there things what are what are like flavors or textures or things like that for you guys that you have not come around to yet or that like you would want to try to like like better um what's that japanese like cod oh, sperm oh cod sperm yeah 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 i just have trouble with cod sperm <laughs> That'll be your, the title heart, of your heart, your heart to top. Bria, <laughs> what do you got? Is there other stuff? Is there stuff? I, I know that you, like this is something you you've talked about before, Bria. Just like coming around to flavors that like you weren't used to. But like, is there other stuff yeah. that you'd like to get better at? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last time, but like the um, like dried shrimp flavor mm. is definitely something that like I know is so craveable to so many people. But again, like not a language that I that I fully understand the second thing is and i feel like chris i i haven't 
been able to admit this to you because I know it's one of your favorites, but um, uni is just not oh, no. something no. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it because like I know you and Ruby. I'm like, what would Ruby say <laughs> if I told her I didn't no, like, like uni? <laughs> that, that, like, the, I think that the healthy, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not healthy, but like I, I, I feel you because like, okay, for me, it's like addition to this. I don't really love blue cheese. And I'm like, this is oh. just eroding oh, my I foodie cred. I love blue cheese. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. But it's like that vibe, that feeling of like, oh, yes. I'm embarrassed because like, yes. if you're a foodie, you're supposed to like this stuff. I like, I think that that is like, honestly, the same kind of maliciousness. It's like, come on, like we can all dislike stuff so long as we're trying to like it or we're like respectful of mm-hmm. it or whatever. But like, I can't. Yeah. Many, many years I was like, yeah, blue cheese, just like a funky, crazy blue cheese that just like <laughs> stings and burns your tongue and the roof of your mouth. Wonderful. I love it, guys. Put it on me. And I'm just but like inside. I'm just like, God damn, this is my greatest fear is blue cheese. I think it's so like visceral, you know, and it's so ingrained. And, you know, you really have to like just un program yourself deprogram yourself and you know it's just this like training that you've had since you were younger like I remember I'm like very much from a dried shrimp culture and like a (laughs) and a like a shrimp paste culture and like fish sauce culture and like I remember you know cooking Malaysian food for my roommates like right out of college and like toasting the shrimp paste over the like gas stove and everyone just being like oh my god like what's that smell and then just feeling like incredible shame about it and just having to like open the window but also feeling like I don't think it's that gross you know like I had to sort of like I almost like played along a little bit this is like my own like you know switching yeah for sure you're like yeah yeah this is gross but it tastes good But I actually don't mind it, you know, and I think it's because I grew up with it. I don't feel that like visceral um, disgust of it. What has been like really awesome to me, and I talked about this a little bit last episode, is how much my tastes have completely changed. Mm. Like how, Mm -hmm. you know, even though my parents tried to expose me to different flavors, I definitely gravitated towards very specific types of flavors growing up and honestly working at Lucky Peach and just like eating something because... I was the lowest ranking employee and you eat whatever like, someone puts in front of you. Like really. Ex- <laughs> oh my God. That's what I was like. Falls off the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the, um, like the pate in a banh mi, that's something I developed mm. like a real love for, um, like the, like briny taste of an oyster, uh, like blood sausage. I remember, we had I, I I now like really really love that flavor all of these things that I just like developed a taste for and I go back home and my parents are like we can't believe that that you you eat these things now because we we never served you anything even remotely similar to these flavors so I think yes we all have our sort of like in the same way that we learn new languages mm-hmm. you know like I feel like I've learned so many new languages and come to really appreciate and like crave them yeah and, yeah. and the, the cool thing is you like I said like now you can talk to, I mean, literally, you can talk to other people about these flavors right now. Like, oh, I love blood sausage now. Now I love banh mi with pate in it. Like that opens the door literally, not just to like this flavor language, but I can talk to you pre and be like, oh my God, what's your favorite banh mi? Oh, like I love mm-hmm. this part about it. You go to this place, you talk to this person. Like you literally can communicate with more people once you speak their language. I mean, I think that said, like it is more of an uphill battle just like with languages right like as an adult versus like when you're a kid and you're just open to everything and so I think like especially lately you know we're like one year into this pandemic I've eaten a lot of my own food (laughs) and (laughs) I really feel you know I've made a lot more effort this year to just like make sure I'm getting takeout all the time you know like just supporting local businesses trying to like get new flavors into the house just because like I can feel my world closing a little bit like I can understand how people slide Mm -hmm. into like conservatism which I don't want you know (laughs) (laughs) like just feeling like your way is the right way to do things but you know just like wanting to like be a more open person and like be a more open person to different flavors and like different ways of being and different ways of cooking and just like that needs to be like a, an active effort, I think. Otherwise, it's really easy to just like do your own thing and like make the hamburger every day. Yeah. 
it's called like an acquired taste, right? Because you have to acquire it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, ta- it's like a taste, like, oh, you have good taste. <laughs> That's something you have to pursue and, and, and get, you know, like work toward that thing. And like you said, Rachel, if we're just like in our own bubbles, eating our own food, being like, oh, my, I'm the only one who, who knows anything about anything. <laughs> only my flavors are delicious. You know, like th- th- then we're stuck. So with all that being said, we have two okra liker lovers, <laughs> one in me who who was uh, more on the fence or skeptical, but open, uh, who each brought a recipe to the table. As always, all three of us cooked all three recipes, uh, and we are now going to talk about the ups and downs, the departures, whatever digressions uh, of making those three recipes. And the three are uh, <laughs> one from Priya, uh, her own recipe. Bindi ki sabzi. Am I saying that vaguely correctly? Bindi ki sabzi. It's with like with extra breath on the B. So Priya's own recipe for uh, okra. <laughs> Rachel my mom's, Kong. My mom's. Ra- Priya's mom's. Uh, Rachel brought a uh, recipe of, again, her mom, uh, as published in the now defunct Lucky Peach magazine for uh, young daofu, which is stuffed okra with fish paste. Uh, and I brought a recipe from Leah Chase of Dookie Chases in New Orleans for stewed okra with ham and shrimp. You, uh, Chris's mom. Chris's mom's <laughs> recipe. Chris's mom. I, brought, I brought my mom's Chase. recipe. <laughs> Leah, Leah Chase, my mom. <laughs> Little known fact. I mean, Rachel, I was trying to keep that under wraps, but uh, I guess it's out there now. I am the, Sorry, I am the, son, of, I am the son of Leah Chase. Flora's just my adopted mother. Um where do you guys want to start? So this is usually we give the 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 rights to the winner of the mm-hmm. previous episode, but we're in a little bit of a pickle here. Priya, did you win the last one? No, no Dave, Dave won. Dave, Dave won. won. So the only winner among yeah. us is uh, Rachel Kong, I believe. Oh. <laughs> uh, Rachel, do you want to do you want to kick it off? I let's go with Priya's first. Okay, let's go with Priya's first. Why is this a strategy? No, no. <laughs> I'm just ready to talk about Priya's. Oh my god, okay. we've got the, we've brought these these two universes have brought together. This is gonna be the, this is gonna be the fucking, kindest recipe club of uh, all time. I don't think so. I, I think this is fucking Sun Tzu versus Machiavelli <laughs> right here too. This is some bullshit. This is wild. Okay, Priya, Priya, this was your topic. This is your recipe. Tell us about this recipe, how it's done, where it comes from. So I was debating submitting my mom's recipes because I feel like when you submit like family recipes, it becomes personal. But then Mm -hmm. Rachel submitted her mom's recipe and I was like, okay, it can just be like a mom, you know, three, three mom recipes. (laughs) Yeah. Cause now we're assuming that Chris, (laughs) Chris is the son of Leah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, With that assumption. (laughs) So this is how I grew up eating okra my entire life. It's pretty simple. Um, my mom used to make this with fresh okra when it was in season and frozen when it wasn't. And in fact, oftentimes we found that the frozen turned out even crispier. I made it with fresh this time around. But basically you slice the okra, you toast some spices, you cook it in the spices for a pretty long time. Basically you're like cooking out the slime and getting it like crispy and charred around the edges. And then you hit it with amchur, which is dry mango powder and lime juice to sort of bring brightness and acidity. And what I like about this is you're using a lot of whole spices. So you get the crunch of the whole spices in addition to sort of the, the like interior chew of the okra and the crispiness on the outside, all the different textures, like just the intensity of the, of the spices that you're getting in this tempered by you know, these two acidic elements has just always worked really well for me. And I, I just love, I love this dish. I think it's super easy. I think it's pretty hard to mess up. I pretty much always have these ingredients around. Yeah. It's a, it's a classic for me. Um, I, uh, don't usually have a lot of these ingredients around and, you know, I, I, I admit to being like kind of lazy about this. Like, you know, if you listen to recipe club, we make smart but lazy substitutions from time to time. Except for Dave, who often just makes lazy but lazy substitutions. <laughs> yeah. Most of us make smart but lazy I'm substitutions. I've been troll him this whole time. <laughs> I mean, we're somehow going to make we're somehow going to make Dave into like a, a lamentable figure. That's just a sympathetic figure somehow. But don't worry, guys. Once he's back, he'll lose that sympathetic vibe. Uh, but this recipe. 
I, I looked at it and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to make this without what it's calling for. Like what Priya is asking for specifically, it seems like I really need to. And I, I, I tried my normal ritzy grocery store, which had nothing. I tried kind of just like poking around some other places. And then stupid me, it dawned on me that there's literally a spice shop one block from my house called Oaktown Spice Shop. Mm. And I, and they had all of these spices ready to go. So I, I found Ajwain seeds, Asafoetida, um, what's the other thing? I'm sure. An Amchur powder. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know, like the, the language <laughs> analogy kind of falls apart here because it was like, I opened each one of these things. I mean, I had smelled Asafoetida before I'd like worked with before, but like the other two were very unfamiliar to me. And I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) This is like a different, these are like, it's a language with different sounds than I've ever heard. (laughs) Different like flavors and smells. And it was like super exciting to me. And when you're cooking this dish, you know, you're like you said, Priya, like you kind of uh, put the spices in oil, kind of infuse the oil, char all the okra. Like it is just like the most aromatic thing in the entire world. And uh, I don't know if like you guys, you know how like parents will write down funny, goofy things their kids say or whatever. Uh, Like in this case, my wife walked in the house as I was cooking this stuff and she says, it smells like a Christmas. <laughs> okay, I'll write this down in your your baby diary. It smells like a Christmas, uh, and it did. I think you know. I think like the, like some of these had like a real pine scent to them, like yeah. a fennel, especially when it's like being yep. roasted. Smells really piney, mm-hmm. and it was like it was it was honestly it was amazing. Like how how like the the smell of my house was incredible, and I loved this. I thought it was delicious. I thought like you know I ate it with uh, with rice um, as I eat everything. Yep, <laughs> but, that's uh, the right way to do it. I thought it was. You know, it's just, it was like a really clean, sharp flavor. You know, I thought, I thought like the, the okra texture was different than I had had it elsewhere. You know, mine didn't get quite crispy so much, but it had like a nice, um, like you you said, like a char to it. And then it was like really tender throughout. Um, what about you, Rachel? Yeah. So I told Priya, you know, I've actually made this before and I, I love it. You know, that's, I had all the spices on hand because I've made it before. Like this was my first to make this recipe, you know, whenever I made it a while back was my first uh, purchase of Ajwain seeds. And I love Amchur too. You know, I'm always like looking for ways to use it. And I think it's a great recipe. I also love, um, I, I didn't grow up with these flavors. Like I think when you smell them, you're like, whoa, what is this? But they all work together really well. I think it's like really delicious that they have that like charred, crispy outer part. The middle, you know, still is a little gooey, but like it's cut into these small pieces. So it's like a manageable amount Mm -hmm. of goo. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I I just think it's delicious. I ate it with rice and dal and, um, and Eli said quote this is a direct quote this isn't gross at all (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and he is not like an okra lover you know he'll he'll eat it he likes gumbo but he never thinks like okra is the most delicious part of you know a stew (laughs) so he was he was um he was into it too and yeah i i love this recipe i'll make it again for sure this is like the most heartwarming recipe club ever <laughs> wow I, I wasn't gonna tell you guys this my dad listens to this podcast every week and what? he's gonna this is gonna be so exciting for him to hear he listened to it on his walks hey dad oh. <laughs> well he can't take credit because it's your mom's recipe that's true that's true but <laughs> he would he would have been a little sad if if people didn't like mom because it's like all of our favorite dish mm-hmm. no it's 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 great and can I say something weird? Let me ask if you guys agree with this at all. Like my favorite bits, honestly, of this dish were the like the caps of the okra. Like the I like left all of my I don't know if you're supposed to cut them off. I don't cook okra a lot, but I left all my caps in there and yeah. they just had like a more like chew to them too, like in a in a way that like I really liked. I don't know. Is that weird? Yeah. No, I learned about this okra making experience was like a real cap enlightenment for me because I (laughs) normally just like take those caps off and I compost them, right? They're not, I don't think about eating them, but actually in Chris's recipe that we'll get to, I used frozen okra and the frozen okra came with the little caps and I found 
that I enjoyed the caps. So maybe that's a, a, this is a thing that we've stumbled onto. Like the caps are the best part of okra. I, I think so. This is so crazy to hear. I didn't realize that people discarded the caps. I like didn't know that that was a thing. It just seems like the main part, it's like an eggplant stem. You know, I was yeah. like, the cap is for for tossing out. <laughs> the cap is for suckers. I thought I thought the cap was for suckers. Like, I, I mean, I I because I like just instinctively was just like tossing my caps. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait what, what the fuck am I doing? And then like I actually I was like looking at the recipe on my phone too. And I was like, what does Priya do here? Like I'm a, I'm embarrassed to text Rachel or Priya to be like, do you want to keep the caps on? But like I literally had typed it in my phone. I was like, no, like I'm, if I do this, uh, they're just going to tear me apart on the actual show. So then I had to like open the, the recipe on my computer so I could like zoom in and be like, oh yeah, there's some caps in this picture. I put my caps on. Caps on guys. Caps on buddy. And I pulled them out of the compost bin and threw them into my dish. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was great. And the other thing I loved about this dish and Rachel's is like, and I don't just say this because it's a okra recipe, you know, and I'm like a little bit, you know, thrown off by okra. This was like such a, a manageable and like ideal size portion of food for, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of people. Um, we'll get to it. Like I liked my recipe. It was just like, now I have so much fucking okra stew. And this was like a perfect amount of okra to kind of like, as part of like a meal, you know, a little, like a, a, a scoop or two for everybody. And like, it was just, it was ideal. My kids, Keith ate it up. I thought it might be like too like fragrant with like too much going on for him, but he was just like, he, my little one-year-old was, was chomping these, Aww. chomping Keith. these down. I love yeah. that. Baby's first baby Ashwain. <laughs> Baby's first Ashwain. Yeah, exactly. Did you take a photo and write that on the... <laughs> <laughs> we put it on a Christmas ornament. Yeah. Just Baby's first Ashwain. <laughs> it's Ajwine. Ajwine, Ajwine. So, okay. Well, that's that's Priya's recipe. Um, I'm not going to say that the thing where it's like, if you're a first-time okra lover, like a first-time okra tryer, try this one out. But like, honestly... You could like this would yeah. be a perfectly good entry point for for new new okra babies. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty five thousand miles on. I got it to over two hundred thousand miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Rachel, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Up to you. Let's do Rachel. Let's do... Mom and mom. Oh, okay, mom, mom, be mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I brought to the table my mom's yong tao fu, which is a fish paste stuffed vegetable dish with gravy that you eat with white rice. Um, it's something that I grew up eating. It's like a Malaysian like a Chinese Malaysian dish. It's like a Chinese dish that kind of evolved in Malaysia. Um, I think you know, the Hakka people in China would eat it with like ground pork, maybe stuffed into tofu. And in Malaysia, they do this like fish paste stuffing and um, often serve it with like soup or something at a hawker stall. 
Um, so it's vegetables like okra is pretty primary. Also like eggplant. It's a lot of like summer vegetables. So like eggplant, okra, bitter melon is what my mom would do often. And also like tofu skins or cubes and like maybe hot peppers or something like that. And so you um, need a little bit of finesse, like for each vegetable, like they all require different techniques for like stuffing the thing with fish paste. But, you know, you pop out the middle of the bitter melons for okras, you just like cut a little slit in it and then you stuff the fish paste in. And I've been doing this, you know, since I was little because my mom would kind of recruit me in the kitchen to stuff things with fish paste. So I'm like pretty good at it, I think. But, you know, yesterday I was making it and like opening the okra up and like trying to stuff fish paste in there and was like, oh, no, I don't know if Priya's going to like doing this. It's a little bit intense. Um, but yeah, so you you stuff the things into, you stuff the fish paste into the vegetables. Then you put it into a um, a hot pan with oil. You brown everything and then you make a quick gravy with like garlic oyster sauce, soy sauce, um, and some cornstarch. And then you let everything cook in that, in that slurry. And that's basically, that's basically it. I feel very nostalgic, you know, toward this dish because it's something that I grew up with. But again, like about the languages and stuff, like I realized as I was making it, like, I don't know, you know, fish paste is a a little bit hard to find. Both of you, I think, texted me about like where to get it it's a pretty specific thing. Like I think it's Chinese, maybe Vietnamese and and Thai, but not so much other kinds of Asian groceries. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know that other kinds of Asian grocery stores have it because um, often they have like fish balls or things like that, or like fish already configured into like the shape that it's going to be. But um, like the tub of fish paste is like kind of specific and you have to like go find it probably at like 99 ranch or something like that. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> it's it's funny because so so you know we we originally published this recipe of Rachel's in Lucky Peach and a hallmark of Lucky Peach recipes was just like a complete and utter disregard for the people who were possibly cooking them <laughs> and like you know I think you know not to say like this recipe we didn't we didn't have the intent of like sharing something that was really important to Rachel but we were like our, our general vibe was just like we're gonna tell you how we make it and like if you if you can't understand what we're talking about like go fuck yourself you know like <laughs> uh, and I think like with more maturity over time like I've I've really come to understand why that's just like so egotistical and like I'm not saying like Rachel's recipe is egotistical but like the ingredient lists one tub of fish paste you know and that was us kind of being a little playful a little ironic a lot of like meet us on our own terms but also just like a little intentionally difficult and it all came home to roost when i was like oh my god like i put this in our own thing i have no idea what the fuck we're talking about and i like called rachel and i was like where do i get this tub of fish paste and she was like Dude, it's at 99 by the fish balls. I was like, oh, oh, oh right, 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 right. I got you. I got you. And I actually, so I bought my my fish paste. I didn't buy a, a, the the prepackaged tub because when you go to 99 Ranch or some you know Chinese markets, they have the in the same section with all of the fish and and meats. They have just like what, you, what would you even call it? Just like a, a bulk a, a bulk bulk yeah. fish paste. With two, there are two different ones. One was called like. I, don't, I can't even remember the names. There's wild, like princess fish paste and diamond fish paste, or something insane. Oh, I just, you know what? It's it's was it like Dace and one lady? was Dace, and the other one was like was Lady. One? Yeah, Lady. What is Lady about? I bought Lady fish paste because I was like, I like that sound. It sounds good. <laughs> um, I also had no idea how much how much you know a pound of it would look like or anything like that. So I just took a wild stab, but I managed to find it. I think that the rewards for for making this dish are 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 rich and varied. Like this is my for me, you know, I didn't grow up with this specific thing. I didn't grow up with vegetables stuffed with fish paste, but things stir-fried and sauteed with oyster sauce and soy sauce and cornstarch slurry, like that's every single day of my life for 18 years. <laughs> you know, like this is exactly what I ate. I added a little I added like a little bit of sugar or agave to the stir-fried sauce. I just like it a little bit sweeter. And then Long ago, I stopped making a separate cornstarch slurry out of laziness and just like stirring cornstarch straight into the sauce. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was my my kids ate it. My wife ate it. I ate it like we only did okra. I, I know, Rachel, you've you listed a whole bunch of vegetables. But we only did okra. 
I I, uh, I can't say no to this thing. What about you, Priya? Well, first off, this made me really nostalgic for like a Rachel Kong written recipe because <laughs> Rachel writes recipes in the most delightful way. She compared stuffing vegetables to like a chattering teeth toy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then I was like trying to jam the fish paste into the okra. And I just thought of Rachel's instruction. That's like, if my nine-year-old self can do it, then so can you. That's like literally in the recipe. <laughs> Which is kind of like, you can take it as like a gentle thing. We could also be like, if you're failing and you're like, fuck you, Rachel. Yeah. Your nine-year-old yeah. self, like I can't do a shit. <laughs> um, so I made this recipe and Chris's recipe in the Airbnb that I was quarantining in before this cookbook shoot. And it all it had was a hot plate and a pan. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Thankfully, though, because I'm in L.A., I was able to get groceries delivered from Hawaii Mart and they had like everything that I needed, including fish paste. Including fish paste. They had wow, like six varieties amazing. of fish paste. Yeah. That's um, awesome. You know, Hawaii, melting pot of <laughs> of Asian cultures. <laughs> oh my God. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously I, you know, I was doing this all in a really tiny space. The thing that was like probably the most annoying to me was like I was in a studio apartment and like you're basically like shallow frying mm-hmm. the okra. So it was just like, that was a lot it was sort of like making my enchiladas where it was just like a lot of effort, but the reward was really, really good. Um, I loved the way the sauce like sort of like glossed the okra and sort of it was sort of that like crispy gone soggy texture mm-hmm. of like an eggplant parm. That's really good. I was worried that like, again, because I don't like sort of dried shrimp flavors that like the fish paste was going to be like fishy in a way that overpowered the other flavors, but I felt that it was really balanced. And actually the fish paste, my fish paste was pretty mild tasting Mm -hmm. and it was more just like a sponge that like soaked up the like soy and oyster sauce. I wish that mine were crispier, but I imagine that that was probably like a human error thing. Just like I I had the pan that I had. It was not a very good pan. It didn't like, I wasn't able to like perfectly char it on Mm -hmm. all sides without like completely smoking out this like teeny teeny tiny uh airbnb that i had to like Dorm sleep in that, you were in, that yeah. yeah sleep in that evening yeah rachel i told chris this but it was like a zero waste airbnb where like all the furniture was made out of denim so what? it like really soaks in all of the flavors so it's just like there is like oil oil in these denim in this denim rug for years to come you've made your mark denim rug. yeah and the crazy thing is my Airbnb host left me a message that was like, you left the place so clean. And I was like, oh, no, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea what happened in here. Yeah. <laughs> How much fish paste was stuffed into yeah. cavities here. And I, I left her a tub of fish paste in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, spread the word. Yeah, spread the word. Fish paste. Because, um, I, yeah, I only used the first like maybe half inch of it. I also wasn't very good at jam. Like I had a lot of issues where like I didn't properly, like when I usually stuff vegetables, I like have stuff spilling out, but like the spilling out is not good for this. Like, mm-hmm. cause it will like get into the oil and like burn and it, like, so that wasn't great. And then there were some two pieces of okra where the filling just like fell it, like after it charred, it just like fell right out of the okra. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when I was trying to like steam it, in the gravy, but like, I'm, I'm chalking this up to not the recipe, but, but myself. And I imagine if I was making this in my own home kitchen, it would have turned out a lot more elegantly, but yeah, I happily ate this over rice. It was a real highlight, highlight of my three day quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can I, can I tell you what I did? And Rachel, you can tell me if this is completely sacrilegious, but like I did. So, you know, the, the instructions say sort of like cut a slit from the just below the cap down to almost to the to the tail mm-hmm. and then stuff it in there. I did that with one and I was like, I am not getting the amount of I'm not gonna use up the amount of fish paste I bought <laughs> with this fucking method. I'm getting like a quarter teaspoon of fish paste into each okra. Yeah. So like I cut out like a little sliver. Like I went mm-hmm. down and then back up. And then I took mm. a fork and I actually like scraped out some of the seeds from the inside. Like I just I actually love I feel free to say this without Dave here, but like, I love actually like tedious, um, like manual labor (laughs) recipes. Like I know that they're like anathema to him and like, therefore we can never cook them. But like 
folding dumplings, stuffing things into other things. Like I find it to be super mm-hmm. fun and I like to have, I love the, the final results. So like I was happy to like individually scrape out the seeds of a bunch of these and then stuff fish paste in them. I think that's probably the, yeah, like a great way to go. I think, um, I think it's nice actually to not have as many seeds because like, especially depending on like the age of the okra that you have, right? Like if you have huge okra, the seeds can get like really big and tough and kind of gross. So I think that's a great technique. I realized like as I was stuffing it, like there's this, like what I do is like I jam a finger into like the top near the cap and then like shove everything in and then like get it all That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like definitely okra is not the vegetable that like contains the most fish paste. Like that would be Mm -hmm. like an eggplant or like a bitter melon round or whatever. And so that's something like one of the more tedious vegetables to stuff. But I'm with you, Chris. Like it's kind of nice to just like have one job and have that (laughs) job be like pretty mindless and, you know, like kind of meditative. And yeah. um, And it's like, it's cool. The result is cool. I found it so satisfying to like use my thumb to like jam it all in there. I was like literally imagining nine-year-old Rachel, like I bet nine-year-old Rachel was super feisty, like shoving that fish paste in the okra. Just licking fish paste off her <laughs> yeah. fingers. Yeah. Just, we know you were doing it, Rachel. We know, we know you. Uh, the only other thing I was going to say was, you know, you in your recipe head note originally, you talked about how, you know, this haka dish comes from stuffed tofu with pork. And then as it kind of moved further south into Malaysia, became vegetable stuff with fish paste. You know, we do pork stuffed tofu in my house all the time. Like I'll just cube like big chunks of tofu, cut out, like scrape out the middle with a spoon and then stuff it with, you know, pork and ginger and garlic and whatever, and then fry it. And then basically steam it in this exact sauce, you know, oyster sauce with soy and broth. So I had all this leftover fish paste and I had some tofu around. And if you're like, if you're extremely lazy and or you don't like okra or whatever, like this same exact methodology with tofu, like is related and is so fucking good. Like I think stuffed tofu is amazing. And, you know, if people have kids also, like my kids just gobble up stuffed tofu. Kind of follow up is that like, you know, you could use, if you can't find fish paste, because you don't live on the West Coast, maybe, or, you know, in Asia, you could use ground pork. You could, like, make some kind of, you know, like, dumpling-esque mm-hmm. stuffing and just, like, stuff it into vegetables. And that would be pretty good, I think. That would be yeah. delicious. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Our third recipe is mine or my mom, <laughs> Leah Chase's recipe. I, as usual, uh, was the last to pick recipes. That's the dark secret of Recipe Club is I'm I'm actually the worst. And uh, I saw, you know, Rachel's was, you know, like a pan fried, like whole okra with sauce. And Priya's was, you know, charred okra in the pan. And so I decided to kind of bring like the, the, the stewed version of okra, the one I think like probably most... Americans at least like are familiar with like okra in this form because it's gumbo like Rachel talked about um and and stewed okra is sort of like the er gumbo you know before it kind of went everywhere else and, and became even more creolized uh so mine like I said came from was printed I think at the Times Picayune site or something like that and um was from Leah Chase and it's it's pretty straightforward you you saute vegetables in bacon drippings or oil big chunks of cubed ham and then, you know, like a pound and a half okra cut into the same size pieces basically as like you get in the frozen bag or, or as Priya has instructed, uh, your liquid is just tomatoes and water. And then you season with salt and cayenne pepper. And at the very end you throw in, you know, green pepper and shrimp until it's cooked through. And that's the whole entire dish. I was cooking this and like, you know, like I said, it's not gumbo. This is not gumbo, but like, it was reminiscent. It was like very reminiscent. Like my house smelled like gumbo, which was a really nice sensation, honestly, like something I don't get to smell very often, but is very distinctive. It reminded me like another quality of gumbo is that when it's cooked in this way, it has a real mm-hmm. thickening properties. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't have to add anything else mm-hmm. to this to make it, to give this stew body. And you know, my, <laughs> my, my family enjoyed it. I liked it fine. I, this is, to be honest with you, like my own recipe was the hardest for me to get my head around because like this is the form gumbo usually takes and is the one that I'm still learning to like. <laughs> so I was again happy to see both of my kids ate it. My daughter ate all the ham 
first but then ate uh a bunch of okra as well my son ate it too and so like hopefully they'll grow up uh <laughs> more fluent in okra but um for me i imagine that if you like okra stew like this is like a very straightforward and like delightful way to do it it was just like if i'm being totally honest my least favorite of the three but still mm-hmm. pretty delicious did you use fresh or frozen chris for this one, I used, let's see, because I bought both because I'm a weirdo and I wanted to play around. This one was all fresh. And I actually did Priyas with half frozen yeah. and half fresh mm, um, just to see if there was any sort of discernible difference. And I think there probably is, but uh, I was not paying close enough attention by that point. I cooked all three of these in one day. It was a fucking lot of okra, guys. Wow. I, yeah. I was, this is like the martini episode. Chris, Chris cramming. <laughs> Yeah, I was okra drunk. Yeah, I so I enjoy this recipe. I mean, I like stewed okra and I love gumbo, you know, and I love a southern kind of stew. Um, this is also like Eli's favorite kind of genre of food. But it was, I mean, like Chris said, I didn't like connect to it as much, I guess. You know, I think when I have something like this, like when I have a stewed okra or a gumbo, I just expect it to be like really rich and flavorful and like really deep and complex. And this was like very tomato forward and very okra forward. There's just so much okra in here. And (laughs) it just like wasn't, it didn't have like the depth that I wanted it to. And I even actually, like I had shell on shrimp. So I like shelled it. I made a stock out of the shrimp shells. Cause I was like, I'm going to use this instead of water. And then it's going to be Whoa. super delicious. Damn. But it didn't really do much. And it was still, you know, you could <laughs> taste all of the elements like really distinctly, you know, it was still like okra. It was still tomato. It was still ham, like nothing really, maybe it was like slightly better the next day, but it just didn't like meld for me, you know, in the way that I wanted. But I will say that, you know, like Eli also, you know, agreed with that like complexity note, but I think he just like prefers this as a food group to eating okra in the other, <laughs> in the other ways. So there is that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the okra itself in this dish, I thought was, was great. I really loved the way it kind of like melts into the stew, but I agree with Rachel. My first thought was like, I, like maybe Leah Chase just like didn't want to give her actual <laughs> recipe, you know. Yeah, and it was just yeah, like I had that thought too. You know, it was just like I'm just gonna give the slightly yeah. watered down version so that people know that they can come to Dookie Chases and get like the real thing. Because I, I I I didn't have the chance to eat a Dookie Chase while Leah Chase was alive, but I have had quite a few uh, okra stews from this this genre and yeah i was just expecting something with a with just a a bit more depth and less less Mm -hmm. tomato and like rachel said a little bit uh, richer too Mm -hmm. um i think i ended up not adding as much tomato as it called for because just felt like too much tomato like it, it there were some bites that sort of just tasted like a like an okra tomato sauce in a way that i was like i feel like this isn't how this is supposed to supposed to taste my other note is that i couldn't find smoked ham so i used like i bought like smoked sausage and like use that (laughs) yeah i I thought that that goes like okay i think i might actually like this better than smoked ham but it's still i i literally i felt like leah chase was like holding her secrets from me as i was eating it (laughs) i thought you were gonna say that you couldn't find smoked ham so you just added more okra and i was gonna be like Priya, dude, that's not that's not Leah Chase's fault. No, no, no. I think you're I think you're hundred percent right. Because I, I my first instinct I looked at this recipe, I was cooking this recipe and I was like, this is not gonna taste like much at the end. And I yeah. added fish sauce because, you know, I wanted more like umami, more complexity to it. But I bet it's like it's some combination of what you're saying, Priya, where when Leah Chase was making the cookbook or whatever, wherever this comes from, she was just like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know. Put, cook some stuff in bacon fat and then put this thing in there and then, you know, it'll be done. <laughs> but I bet you 
Bacon drippings are probably crucial, like whatever bacon dripping she yeah. has around in the kitchen. I bet she's doing this with Tasso ham in, in New Orleans, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. super smoky, really delicious ham. I bet there's at least a couple of more uh, seasonings that we have not been apprised mm-hmm. of here. And, you know, who knows where those tomatoes might come from? You know, the like in its original incarnation, like okra at the peak of the season, I'm sure is a completely different animal. And yeah, I just think I think this is probably a very easy weekday recipe for people who love stewed okra and like like this if, and they don't know how to make it i think that's what this is but i think if you're chasing chasing leah chase like there's probably it's just one of those situations i can imagine where she's just, it's a combination of like a million different specific ingredients that like are just kind of watered down into just general you know smoked ham and a couple of little secrets i bet so that's where i am on this recipe uh, it sounds like we're all basically on the same page with this. I also ate this with Royce. Something I thought was interesting was like she has you throw in like the green pepper and the shrimp at the very end mm-hmm. and just like barely cook, you know, the the pepper. And I thought that was like kind of nice actually to have that like textural difference between mm-hmm. like this like obliterated okra and yeah. <laughs> and the and the structural pepper. <laughs> But it, but it was interesting because I was like, okra does have the structure. Like, why did you just let it become more mushy? <laughs> yeah, I think I was surprised at how mushy it became in the amount of time. But yeah, it became it became pretty mm-hmm. mushy. Um, okay, I think that that's that's all three of our recipes here. We've got to get down to the business here in this uh, politest of all recipe clubs, but secretly, <laughs> secretly not. And we've got to, the battle has to happen now. We've got to choose a winner. Let's do, let's do our um, traditional thumbs up or thumbs down method, starting with Priya's recipe uh, via her mom um, for charred okra. This is a big old thumbs up from me. Thumbs yeah, up. I make this all the time. So thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, and we already know where this is all headed, guys. It's we all yeah. know where this is headed to a to a real showdown of recipes. I assume it's three thumbs up for Rachel's recipe. Yeah, um, we love Rachel. Some some hedging about you know we love Leah Chase and she's wonderful and this recipe is not our favorite for Chris's. So let's yeah. just get down to the business here of deciding between no. these two mom recipes. No. Uh, uh, I feel slightly disqualified from making this decision, to be honest with you, because like, again, like I said, and I texted Rachel about this, you know, like her recipe was just like tugging at my very specific heartstrings. You know, it's like a flavor profile I'm used to. But what, why don't you two, can you guys give me give me a case for your recipes as winners? Or, or I think we should just tie. I think we should just tie. We Dave's not here. We can tie. Here's a new here. I got a new strategy. I have a new. I have a new. <laughs> I have a new strategy based on Sun Tzu and friendliness. Rachel, tell me one reason why you think Priya's recipe deserves to win, and Priya, tell me one reason why you Aww, think wow. Rachel's recipe <laughs> deserves Aww, to that win. That is sweet. Well, I think yeah. I mean, like I said, I love Priya's recipe. I think it's. You know, it doesn't even the head note that Chris mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like that, like disclaimer about okra and the sliminess, like it doesn't even apply to this recipe. It's just like makes okra this delicious uh, standalone thing. You know, it doesn't need anything else. It has some spices, of course. The spices really enhance the the flavors, the okra flavors, but it's not like. You know, it doesn't need the crutch of fish paste, is what I'm saying. <laughs> wow, self-flagellating, self-flagellating. Priya, oh. give, me, give me a reason to love Rachel's recipe. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a, it's something that I would never have thought to do with okra, but it just works so well and sort of just like enhances all of okra's superpowers. It, it chars really beautifully. It clings onto flavors really nicely. It just like flops around in that sauce and like picks that seasoning up so well. And it just like is so <laughs> flops around in the sauce. <laughs> that's, that's what it felt Priya, like. Priya, Priya, was... sending the, yeah. Priya sending the subtle shade during her compliment here. It flops around in the sauce. Wow. Oh, 100%. wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was just, uh, you know, it's like, it's that sauce alone 
over rice with sort of some of like the fish paste remnants is 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 really great too. You know, it's it's certainly like it's 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 work, but it's the kind of work that is that is manageable. <laughs> it's work, but it's the kind of work that's manageable. Okay, I mean, I'm going to make a tough call here. I'm going to make a tough call here based on nothing that you guys just said. <laughs> oh my I'm going to make my call entirely oh on God. stopping stopping oh. a monster, stopping a monster, which is Rachel Kong, the runaway train here. Oh, and no. I'm going to award today because I get the deciding vote here to to Priya's mom's recipe. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, just like Rachel is just running away with Recipe Club. I'm looking at our win loss records here, and it is just fucking disgusting. It is <laughs> not at all cool. And I'm putting wow, and I'm, put uh, me in with Brian. <laughs> <I'm> putting, <laughs> Um, so that gives the right to the wheel, um, the the wheel of life, as I think we started calling it last week, um, to Priya Krishna, um, and Priya, I don't know if you have a a recipe or an ingredient that you want to put onto the wheel here. I'll, I'll read what was, what's already on here, but I would remind you that this is a nice opportunity to put something on here like okra again, which is going to be a surprise to our, our uh, Korean friend when he returns. So um, what we have on the wheel. Should we talk, should we talk first about what Dave dislikes the most? <laughs> um, I, yeah. I feel like this podcast will have to become a two parter. If we start talking about things that Dave dislikes. Uh, parsley. I mean, he does, he, he, oh, he dislikes oh, parsley. parsley. Yeah. But so do I. I mean, he doesn't like okra. He doesn't like, you know, this this texture of of things. What else doesn't he like? I don't know. He's got to speak a new language. He's got to speak a new language. Dave. That's- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're going to be his Duolingo here. Our wheel is biryani, canned crescent rolls, hummus, instant ramen, spaghetti, Velveeta cheese, homemade yogurt, cream of mushroom soup, and okra, which is coming off. But here, okay, here's what we're going to do, guys. Because okay. flatbread has already been hit on Brian's wheel, I'm going to take it off too, and I'm going to let both of you put something on here as a special oh, surprise for Dave. Can you and can you and can you replace? I've been meaning. Can you replace homemade yogurt with yogurt? Because I think it would be more interesting to do just like yogurt recipes that feature All right. yogurt. All right, yogurt's on there. Yogurt's on there. So what okay. do you guys got? Give me, give me something, Rachel. I know you have a running list of stuff that you wanted to throw on here. Now's your chance to throw something else. But what if I put ajwain on your list? <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I'll get the benefit of having three more recipes so that I know how to use it more in my cooking. But I won't actually have to be on this recording. You're going to put ashwine seeds on here just like, oh, my God. This is, you know, who's going to get in trouble for this one is is me from yeah. Dave. Just being like, why don't you get control of these two? <laughs> just give him a little package of ashwine from Oaktown Spice Shop, which is a wonderful shop. All right. I will put it on here. Wow. That's like, that's wow. I actually, that is, wow. That is intense. That's very intense. I love it though. Wow. Um, Rachel, do you have any suggestions? I. Oh, does she have suggestions? Oh, does she do. have suggestions? Maybe you should put, I'm sure though. <laughs> no, no, just please, please. Liquid aminos, buttermilk. <laughs> I have a lot Ooh, of liquids. Buttermilk's good. Buttermilk, buttermilk is, is good, but buttermilk yeah. is good, but let's do dip. That's like Dave, Dave, Dave could, could play in that space. What about dates, Chris? What do you, what do we think Ooh. about Dave and dates? Cause that could go like well, sweet or savory. That's true. Or dates, prunes. Or prune. I mean, I do love a prune. I do I love, love a prune. prunes. Oh my God. Let's do prunes. <gasps> prunes. Oh, hold on, prunes. Hold on. Before, oh, before, we, before we, before we say prunes, can, let me just, <laughs> let me just remind you, Priya, uh, that. Mr. Scalia, Justice Scalia here is going to be like, your recipe is not 51%. 51% prunes. And I don't know that I want to eat a 51% prune recipe, but it's your choice, man. It's your choice. This is what's going to make him change his mind. Yeah, we're, we're doing we're doing prunes like and Dave can do his like f- French pork soup with prunes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for either one of those to hit and for Recipe Club <laughs> listeners to see in their feed. Recipe Club episode. Ashwine seeds. Okay, wonderful. All right, you guys can see the wheel right now. I'm going to give this yeah. a spin. These wheels are so good now. Oh my gosh. It is, the recipe wheel of life here landed on, um, it landed on spaghetti as it, as it very slowly 
crawled over Ajwine seeds into into spaghetti. <laughs> so uh, that'll be the next time we have Priya on. I'm I'm sad that I won't be Priya and Rachel next time together. I know, um, but this, this was so great. Episode was wonderful. Uh, so that'll do it for us here. Remember everybody to check out our social media channels, Recipe Club on Instagram, uh, the Recipe Club podcast Facebook group. Have you guys been looking at that thing? I think that people are organizing their own recipe club <gasps> oh, cook-offs which so is just cute. like that's the amazing most wonderful thing i've ever heard in my entire life um send us any emails uh complaints compliments to recipe club at majordomomedia.com our next episode will be flatbread with brian ford uh guys any last words about okra okra is great it's great <laughs> love it we love it keep it in your buy a pack of frozen okra and keep it in your freezer it's like a pantry item eat the caps and then eat the caps <laughs> all right thanks everybody we'll uh we'll we'll see you all next time give us five stars on the itunes apple podcast page mm-hmm.